Hey guys, welcome to episode 15, Slaying Single. Um, this is like probably one of the questions that I've put up on my Instagram where I've gotten such huge amounts of questions, feedback, personal questions, um, people asking for advice and there's been a lot of like, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of people responding to this and there's been a lot of like themes that I've found, like big, big themes that where questions and certain topics got repeated again and again and again. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited to cover this topic. I honestly am fearful that I'm going to have to split this over two episodes because there is just so much content to get covered. So the first thing I'm going to do is cover all the personal questions that were asked to me and just give you a little bit of like a personal insight into my mind and how I feel about my own life situation when it comes to being single. And then I'm going to be answering um, other people's questions. A lot of the questions I've actually bunched into just general questions. Um, so you might hear your question in a similar way, but it won't be word for word in it because it, it probably was repeated by a lot of different people. Now, before we get straight into these questions, I do want to kind of um, preface this whole thing that you're going to hear me say this a lot in this podcast in one way or another, but a lot of your problems, you, the listener, the many listeners that are listening right now, have got fuck all to do with you being single and it's got to do with you having a self-esteem problem. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of fucking problems going on here, a lot of issues that I've read in these questions about huge, huge issues with people loving themselves. It's a big problem and I'm going to be speaking about that in depth because fuck man, like you number one need to have your back. Number one, fuck relationships, fuck a partner if you can't put yourself first. We need to change our language, we need to change our mentality and we need to change what we think is valuable or not. There are people here talking about preferring a toxic relationship over being single, you know, preferring to be in something that's so unhealthy for them because they deem their own company such a, as being such a negative thing. Like this is a big, big problem and I'm going to probably go as far as saying that maybe 70% of the responses and I'm talking around over 350, maybe 380 responses that I got. Uh, so this is a big problem. This is a big problem and this idea that being alone is just the absolute worst thing in the world um, is really scary. It's scary to hear young women and teenagers, people in their 20s, like uh, to feel that way about themselves. That's, that's not okay. So I'm hoping that maybe I can plant a few seeds this episode, but we need to fucking change that narrative immediately and you need to stop thinking that your happiness is going to come from another person I embarked on this topic as a, a single podcast being like let's ask questions about being single and all the questions were like how can I find someone where can I find someone where am I going to find this it's like calm the fuck down calm the fuck down what's so bad about being alone you know that's your first problem don't band-aid over the fact that you can't handle your own company because you just absolutely cannot stand yourself so you need someone else to do that job for you that's fucked it's fucked for you and it's fucked for your partner oh I don't like myself I don't like myself so I'll just go find someone else 
So they can deal with, you know, me, even though I don't like myself, but I expect them to like me. And then when they leave me, I'm like, what the fuck? You fucking left me. Yet I can't even like myself. Work on yourself and then look at getting a relationship because you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing that poor fucker who's going to date you a disservice if you think, oh, look, I don't want to deal with me. But I'll just band-aid that up by latching that poor motherfucker into a relationship and then they can deal with my problems because at least I've got the band-aid. I've got them as a distraction. Let's get fucking real here, guys. Let's be accountable for our own shit and start actually liking ourselves for fuck's sake. Okay. Sorry, that was a bit intense, but this is just how I feel. Let's get straight into it. I'm going to be answering specific questions that people ask me um, specifically about me. So personal questions to me. Question number one, do you have a positive, negative or neutral stream of thoughts when alone? Positive all the time, literally all the time. Hasn't always been like that. Like in the times that I've been heartbroken, you know, there's I've, I've gone through some tough times for sure emotionally, but now I don't think I have one negative thought about me as a person. I might have things that I'm not satisfied with that I want to change, but who I am, no, it's, I never have, it's never, it's never negative. I'm just working on too many things. There's so much growth happening in my life. There's so much to be excited about in my life with, you know, work, with uni, with my podcast, with where everything's going, with like my fitness side of things, with everything that I feel that all my growth is a very good reason to be happy all the time. Um, okay, question two. Do I ever feel lonely hanging out with other couples? No, absolutely not. And I feel that there's, um, you know, like this whole idea of like being alone, lonely, that's a theme that has come up a lot. Um, everyone talks about, you know, being alone and being afraid to be alone and being lonely. You know, you can be in a relationship and feel very isolated. You can be in a group of friends that you don't click with and be very alone um so yeah I think it is very dependent on who it is that you're associating with but people in a relationship versus single people are not different species you have to understand um we're all human so no I don't feel alone when I hang out with my friends who happen to be in a couple if they were having sex in front of me and I'm chilling in the corner yeah that's fucking awkward and I feel out of place and I'll be like bye I'm gonna go now but if I'm sitting down with two individuals and we're just having a good time the fact that they're dating or not doesn't really play into the scenario whatsoever so for me no Number three, how do you feel so comfortable in your own company? Do you ever get bored? Like I said before, I feel extremely comfortable because I'm working on so many projects. I'm very happy with where my life is headed. And the key here is growth. Find things in your life where you're going to be constantly growing and growing and growing. And I can guarantee you, you will not be bored. Um, what was the moment I realized, question four, what was the moment I realized I was okay after my last breakup? Um... Well, this one's easy because my last breakup, which was uh, two years ago now, um, that was really a very toxic relationship. So I felt that I was really okay with it. Like obviously I was really heartbroken initially, but then I realized one day I went to bed and I thought, oh my God, I'm literally going to bed with no anxious thoughts thinking oh my God, is he like, is that, is he messaging that person? Is he actually, was he lying about where he was? And I'm like, fuck, it feels good. Like I sleep so good at night now knowing that he's no longer a problem that I have to think about. And then I'm like, wow, 
I'm over it. I'm over it. That's not how a relationship should be. If you're going to sleep thinking, are they texting someone else? Have they replied to that girl? Is that girl message? That's so toxic. That's so unhealthy. And you should not be in that relationship. That's really bad. So for me, that was like the moment when I realized how well I was sleeping at night because he was no longer in my life. How much healthier I had become because he was no longer a a component of my life. Um, Question number five how to not be discouraged by men who are intimidated by strong, successful women. This one came up a lot, guys, a lot. And someone also actually wrote to me. I'll, I've got it here. I'll read it out. Um, what to say to a guy that tells me I'm intimidating because I'm confident and have my life together. Guys, that's a red flag. If you don't realize it, that's a fucking red flag. If a guy says to you, you're intimidating because you are confident and have your life together, that tells you that their standard of a woman, standard, their standard is a woman who's not comfortable in their own skin, who is not living for herself, who's not successful, who's not got their life together, who needs someone else, who needs a man and who's basically going to be at their beck and call because they need them and they, it's not just a want. A man that needs a woman to need him is an insecure man because he is not confident in himself that he can hold his own and have a woman just want him and not need him. That's a red flag. That's an insecure man. So what would you say to that? I would say if a man said that to me and said, oh, look, I'm intimidated by you because you're confident and have your life together, I would say I'm bored. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have no business interacting with people who are intimidated by you. None whatsoever. And if you do, you're entering in a toxic relationship. That is what you're doing. So for me, all the guys that I would interact with and would go on a date with are men that are wanting to engage with a woman who's got her fucking shit together and who's confident and who are kind of excited by that, who, who like seek that in a woman. I would seek in a man the attributes that I possess as a woman and I would expect the same in return. I would expect a man to seek out attributes that he finds in himself and it's to seek them out in me. You know, I don't, I'm not a big believer in, you know, you've, you know, that one person is this like the leader of the relationship and the other person is little timid fucking little fucking shrub in the background. No, you're here to compliment each other. You're here to challenge each other. So you can both grow together. That's my opinion. And I would, yeah, honestly, that whole intimidation thing is fucking cooked. Okay, next question. What do you look for in a partner? I look for someone who's not attached, independent, not clingy at all, has a high self-esteem, comfortable within his own self. He's smart, driven, um, he's affectionate and he's spontaneous and adventurous. And yeah, funny. So I can't have a clinger. I can't have someone who's like needing to know where I am at all times. I need someone that's fully like fully trusting me because that's how I, all those things that I just mentioned is what I would want to provide for them. You know, I wouldn't be clingy. I would be fully trustworthy. I would be loyal. I would never be questioning them and demanding that they tell me about where they are at all times, all that shit. Like I wouldn't be needy and I can't have someone that's needy. That for me just – that doesn't fly. So I would expect if – if I'm aiming to provide that for someone, I would expect the same in return. 
Do I feel pressure to get married and have kids? No, not at all. I don't feel any pressure at all. That's not to say that I don't get asked about it often. Um, I do get asked about it quite a lot. Not all the time, but fucking enough times. Uh, but no, I don't feel any pressure whatsoever. The world is overpopulated as it is. I honestly don't think I'm doing the world a disservice by not birthing a child this very second. Um, so if someone other than myself has a problem with me not having children, then it's exactly that. It's their problem, not mine. So I don't concern myself with that. If they want to make up a scenario in their mind where it's an issue, then be my guest but just don't waste my time and don't include me in your fucking scenario. Like if you have a problem with me not having a child, birth your un- fucking other child yourself. Go fucking give birth. I don't care. Adopt. Do what you need to do. But that's not my problem. What people think, what people's expectations of what I do with my body are, are none of my business and I keep it that way. The idea of having children for me is very much like if I find myself in a healthy relationship and it just evolves in a way where I have children 100% I would fully welcome it and I would have children but where I stand right now in my life I don't have a partner right now I'm very sort of involved in all these other areas of my life so I don't concern myself in making that happen right now it's one of those things that if it happens awesome I'd fully welcome it I love the idea of having a family, I love my family and I would also like to have a big family. But at the same time, if it doesn't happen, I'm not forcing shit. So people then telling me, you know, asking when I'm going to have a child, it's kind of a fucking ridiculous question if you think about it. It's not like I, you know, have a partner and it's not like I ever have spoken about being desperate to have a child. So... Yeah, to me, I'm like, that's a pretty fucking dumb question. If you're going to ask me that, then how much do you really, how well do you know me, pretty much? And next question, how many dates have you been on this year? Do you date much? I don't date much. Um, and also COVID, I've, I've been on like fucking two, two, couple of dates this year, two dates. Um, yeah, no, I don't date much. COVID hasn't really like helped that whole situation, but at the same time, I don't put myself out there at all. If it, if the tables were turned and my situation was very different and I wanted a relationship, I would be putting myself out there more to try and, you know, action some change in my life to make that happen. I'm all for if you want something, definitely set your life up in a way that it's more likely to happen. So if you want a partner, you need to be putting yourself, there, putting yourself out there a little bit more, um, whether it's meeting people through different activities that you do or through mutual friends or whether it's doing the whole dating app scene, um, that's totally up to you. But because I'm not seeking a partner, I don't put myself out there at all. So really the only time that I'd ever go on a date is if someone seeks me. And then I'm actually quite, you know, picky and often I won't accept. I won't go on the date. Just because from the get-go, I can often know straight away that it's not going to be my thing. So I don't waste the time. A lot of people go on about like, oh, but, you know, give them a chance, give them a chance. It's like I'm, I'm very clear with what I want and what I don't want. I understand that there are some people that aren't quite sure what they want. I know exactly what I want, not just in, in a partner, but what I want as a lifestyle for myself, you know. And when you've dated toxic people, 
and then come out the other end and made some growth like I'm lucky enough to have done, I can see red flags a fucking mile away. So yes, I can detect if someone's going to be like possessive or needy or intense or insecure before I even go on that first date. So yeah, I am picky and no, that doesn't impede my life at all because I'd rather be picky and single and living my best life than in a toxic relationship any day of the week. And guys, this isn't to say that I don't want to, like that I do or don't want to be in a relationship. I think a lot of people think I'm like anti-relationships. That's not the case at all. I just don't really want to look for a relationship. Where I am right now, I'm really, really happy in my life. And if someone came into my life that fully complemented my life and I could sort of add value to their life as well, of course, I would, you know, give it a chance uh, and give it a proper chance. Like, so that's, that's not, that's not the problem. I think people think that I'm like closed off or whatever, just because I don't seek a relationship, but that's just not where my sights are set at the moment and where my growth path is at the moment. So if it was to just come into my life, yes, I would, you know, entertain that. Now, another question, how many chances do you give someone when you are dating them and they have disappointed you? So this massively depends on the context. So if it's like a deal breaker thing, like if someone's like cheated on me or being fully inappropriate or being toxic, then I would give them zero chances. It would be done. Um, but or, or even, like I said earlier, even if it was just a demonstration of a red flag, like being possessive, being super needy, I, w- I wouldn't give them not even a chance, it would be done. And it's got nothing to do with being angry or being mean or being whatever. It's, I don't want a boy to be my project to fix, okay? I'm here doing the work on myself and when I see an issue arise in my personality, I do the hard work to fix myself. So I will not date someone where I'm the one that has to be giving them chances and trying to give them like assistance on how to not be possessive or how to not be a psychopath or how to not treat me like shit. That's not my job. I'm a grown woman. If I do have children, I'll have to raise them. It's not my job to raise someone. I When I date someone, it'll be a fucking man. So if I see any red flags of them acting like a fucking child, there is no chance. There's no second chance. It's done. And it's not even, I wouldn't even be angry. I'm like, we. this is not serving me. So I'm tapping the fuck out. Um, but if it's something small, like say that they're, I don't know, like if anything morally that is huge for me, I don't give another chance. But if it's like little tiny things that might be annoying, but I can s- look around it, then I'm I'm fully open to sitting down with someone and having a conversation being like, look, I fucking like you, but, you know, I don't like how you do this or I don't like that you do that. Is this something that can, we can reach a compromise on or not? You know, like I'm f- I'm so big on being able to compromise on certain things, just not all things and just not the things that degrade who you are as a person. Next question is, do I think that it's a problem that I'm too picky? No, I don't. Not at all. Because like I said, I enjoy my own company. I like being single. I have a lot of shit going on that it actually works in my favor to be picky. Imagine if I wasn't picky. Imagine if with all the shit that I've got going on right now in my life, that I started, oh, look, here's this person who's not actually right for me, who's literally not going to be my person long term because they don't tick the boxes that I need for a successful relationship. But 
you know, I'm not going to be picky here. I'll just date them. What the fuck? Like, that is going to be, like, I'm not the kind of person that dates someone knowing that they're not, that there's not going to be a future with that person. That's not my thing. That might be your thing, and I'm not here to judge, but that's not my thing. I either have a casual sex relationship with someone or I am dating them and I don't see an end in the relationship. Like, I see an actual future with that person. But dating someone just half-assed being like, no, nah, no, nah, they're not my long-term thing, but I'll date you for now, that doesn't work with me. I'm not interested in that. We might as well just have sex and be done with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, I, don't, I don't do the in-between. It's all or it's nothing. So when I am, you know, this idea of being too picky, too picky by what standard? I don't think you can be too picky, especially when you like being single. Because then it's like, I'm not hurting anyone by having such a, a specific set of standards. I'm not hurting anyone because if let's say I never got someone that reached my picky standards, hypothetically, if you want to call it whatever you want to call it, let's say no one ever ticked those boxes and I never found someone that I would want to date, then that wouldn't be a problem, would it? Because what's the alternative? A, being single, which I'm happy to do, or B, dating someone that doesn't make me happy. So why lower my standards if it means dating someone that's not going to make me happy? So this idea of being too picky, I don't think that's a thing, to be honest. It's literally saying to people, why don't you lower your standards so you can be like all of us and be in a relationship because we feel uncomfortable with you being single. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I don't buy that. Next question. uh, Do you think having a relationship when you were 18 was a bad thing in the long run? No, not at all. Definitely not at all. Uh, Every relationship that I've had in my life has helped me become the person I am today, even the awful ones. And at the time when I was 18, I wanted to be in a relationship. So I would never regret something that I wanted to do at the time. I, would only, if I don't have many regrets in my life and the only time I regret something is when at the time I didn't want to do something, yet I did it. That's when I felt regret because I was like, I know I didn't want to be there and I fucking did it going against what I wanted. But no, I don't think there's anything wrong with entering a relationship when you want to especially when you're 18 and you know you're younger and your idea of a relationship isn't as strengthened and formed as it is now at 31. Okay, now this question I found quite interesting and it was where do you place your self-worth if it's not based on someone else? And I found that really interesting because I only ever would place my self-worth on something that I've created or done. I wouldn't try and seek validation or worth from someone else. And I think that's a major problem with people that suffer from, um, if, if you suffer from self-esteem or if you want to know how to increase your self-love, start looking at where you seek um, your self-worth from. And very often people seek it in other people, especially in their romantic partner, um, which is a big problem. It's a big problem because a lot of, like things change. Even if you stay with that person forever, your relationship is going to go through peaks and valleys. I mean, it might not, but in general, most relationships go through ups and downs. So that means that when things are tough, where are you, where are you getting your self-worth and validation from? If you place your worthiness outside of yourself, not only do you suffer, but all your relationships suffer because you then need something from that person. And often that person might not be able to give that to you and it doesn't make them a bad person. But then we think that they owe us something in which they actually don't owe us anything. Um, 
because we're seeking that feeling. And when we're not getting it, we feel sad and then we resent that person. So your self-worth needs to come from yourself. It needs to come. So me, personally, I get it from everything that I've earned and worked towards. I find that that's a really good one. It's not something that, that you're born with necessarily. But, you know, if you've really worked hard towards something or earned something or you're getting better at doing something, that's a really good ways of, of feeling really great about yourself and feeling worthy. And then one more question for myself is how do you get past feeling alone all the time? I actually don't feel alone ever. Even when I'm physically alone, I don't feel like I'm not lonely ever. Um, I, I'm, I am a very social person. I am quite close with my family. But if you're feeling alone, then I think so. Okay, let's put that question aside and just talk in general terms. If you feel that when you are alone – you are lonely, then there's two things going on here. You don't enjoy your own company for starters and you're bored. So you have an opportunity now to do something more with your time. You know what, like why are you sitting there being like, oh, I'm just lonely, I'm so lonely. Because I got a lot of messages asking me about like, how do you deal with being lonely? I'm so lonely. I got a lot of questions about being lonely and I think people think that when you're single especially like for a long period of time like myself it's been like two years at this point that you're going to be lonely a lot but I can tell you some of the most isolating times of my life were when I was in a toxic relationship that is lonely that is fucking lonely because no one understands the situation that you're in you are embarrassed to tell other people about the dramas of your relationship because deep down you know it's not okay yet you love this person so much and you think you're never going to get anyone better so you stay with them that's what I call fucking isolated and lonely I've never felt more supported and connected and happier than now when I'm single and I'm not saying that that will go away when I do get a partner not at all but I'm saying that you can feel all the feelings that you want to feel in a relationship you can feel those feelings single but you've attached the notion of feeling connected and, you know, entertained by someone and loved and fulfilled. You've attached all those things with being in a relationship and not just you, society in general. People just think that that's what it is. I get a lot of people all the time asking me, oh, you know, you know, it'd be so nice when like you're, you know, you've got your, your boyfriend and we're all in a relationship. And I said, well, what's the difference? Boyfriend or no boyfriend, what's it to you? Like, how does it affect your life? I'm still the same friend. I'm still the same family member. I'm still the same person. But I think people have this notion in their mind that for them, they seeked happiness in someone else. So then when they got their relationship, they're like, okay, this is my happiness now. Now, Alexis must not be fully fulfilled because she's not in a relationship. I think people still to this day see that as a missing piece. Um, yeah, and I... Again, reiterating again that I'm, of course, open to relationships and I do think that healthy relationships are amazing. Just like friendships, just any relationship that's healthy is an asset in your life, an asset. And if I met the right person, he would be an asset to my life and I would value it massively. However, he wouldn't be what's saved me from being lonely. I've saved myself from being lonely. I, you know... I'm no longer in a toxic relationship. I'm feeling very fulfilled with what I do with my time. You've got to change what – take a look at your life and say, uh, do I feel fulfilled with what I'm doing? Obviously not. If you're feeling lonely all the time, 
You either don't like being alone with your thoughts and that's a self-love issue. That's not a relationship being single issue. Or you don't feel fulfilled with what you're doing with your life. You don't have a purpose and you need to find a purpose because I can tell you right now, if you don't have a purpose and you're dating someone, you're still going to feel unfulfilled. Maybe not initially because you've got that person that's a bit of a band-aid initially, um, but you will you will not feel fulfilled if you don't have a purpose. So start looking into that. And I actually am going to do a podcast about finding your purpose. So stay tuned for that. Okay, now let's go into – so that's all the questions for me personally and it's literally fucking halfway through the podcast. Um, so let's go into just general questions about being single and like ideas and tips and hacks and whatever. All right, this is a big one and I think I just want to tackle it first because it's when all your friends are in a relationship so you feel the pressure either to be in a relationship or you feel like you're missing out. Um, Someone even said that the only bad thing about being single is all the couples around you. Um. I don't think that's the case. If you're single and you think, oh, I love being single, but the negative like, side of it is that all these people in a relationship around me, that's not what the problem is. The couples around you are a trigger. They're triggering a response in you, but they are not the issue because no one who is truly happy being single is affected by couples around you. Because if you were in a relationship but your partner was maybe on business trip or whatever and you went and socialized with a couple, you wouldn't be like, oh, for fuck's sake, why are you a couple? I, you know, I'm alone. Why aren't you both separated alone? You wouldn't think that. It's just not in the forefront of I'm single and you're in a relationship. That's the issue. So it's not that you don't have your partner right there and then with you in that moment when you're hanging out with another couple. It's the notion that a couple is a reminder to you that you are not in a relationship. So the couple is the trigger, it's not the problem. So we need to change our opinion about couples and hanging around with couples and whatever. Look, there's a big chance that you might have really boring friends or you might have friends that when they're in couples, all they talk about is boring shit and the dynamic of the friendship has changed since your friends got into a couple. And my advice to you is find a a different friendship group. I'm not saying cut these people out, but kind of evolve your social circle it has to evolve because you might either grow with your current social circle and never feel the need to branch out or you you might see opportunities for you to be evolving outside of that but it's never going to be a bad thing to diversify the people you hang out with like I have you know my crazy wild single friends I've got friends that are in their early 20s I've got friends that are in their 40s I've got married friends friends with kids I've got friends in France who are athletes that travel the world. I have like my friendship group as far as lifestyles are concerned is diverse as fuck and I highly recommend you branch out and do the same. And it's not as hard as you think. I think we get so used to being in this tight-knit group of ours that we're just not used to branching out but All it takes is maybe someone that you enjoy hanging out with at work being like, babe, let's just get a drink this weekend and action it. Don't say it, action it. Or if you're involved in like, oh, fuck, guys, I need to do this Facebook group. I've been saying it. Literally, this just reminded me. But, you know, there are girls like with Lucy and Nikki's Happy Hour Facebook group. There are girls that have like, I've seen one of them being like, oh, I'm moving to this city. Does anyone have any advice? And other girls have jumped on being like, babe, let's all go out for drinks. Like, 
you can find networks of people that are legendary and you can kind of be their friend. So if you happen to have friends that are in a couple and boring because that they don't go hand in hand. I know many couples that I hang around with because I don't feel the need to be in a couple. They, to me, don't highlight the fact that I'm lacking something in my life. I just really enjoy their company. Um, so, yeah, if you if they're in a couple and boring, which I think is a, lot, a problem for a lot of people, diversify your friendship group. You don't have to just think, look, the only way to fix this is to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's not the case at all. Not at all. Okay. Now, this one, how to not obsess over what your ex is doing post-breakup. Now, this is an easy fix, but most people don't want to do it. They don't want to do it because they're still super attached. But the easy fix is delete their social media, delete everything, change the number in your phone to something like to a different name so it's not like it doesn't trigger anything when you see that number or delete it altogether. But if you feel that you, you need their number for whatever reason, fine, whatever. Um, you need to set yourself up in a way that you're less likely to be tempted to reach out to that person. You've got to tell your friends and family to not talk about that person unnecessarily unless, you know, some people have a much tighter connection with their ex and it's you can't completely cut them out whether you have like the same friendship group or whether you have a child together or whatever but there are definitely ways that you can limit your communication with that person and social media is not a necessary form of communication so if you're still following them on social media after I told you this then you don't actually want to stop texting them you actually want to be in the same position that you're in now you don't actually want change but you need to administer some level of self-control if you want change in your life. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, but it's really hard. Of course it's hard. People that have made changes in their life, do you think it came easy to them? They also had to struggle through emotional hardship and like really resisting temptation to do something. But the question is, how bad do you want change? How bad do you want to move on from your ex? If you want to, what you're feeling right now if you want to continue feeling exactly this, continue the actions that you're doing exactly now. Simple. And guaranteed, you're going to keep feeling the way you're feeling. So congratulations, big tick. There you go. Be on your merry way. But if you actually want change, fucking implement some self-control for once. And you'll be so impressed with yourself that that in itself, you finally having some self-control over your ex, that alone will boost your self-esteem. You'll be amazed. You're going to be like, holy shit, I didn't cave and that person is not actually controlling my life. They don't have their hooks that deep into me because I was able to delete their Instagram. I was able to not stalk their social media for seven days in a row. Certain things like that. I was able to tell my friends, unless it's crucial, please don't give me updates on my ex. Little things like that make a big difference. Okay, next. Uh, how do not feel guilty if your ex is wanting you or missing you, but you're living your best life. You've got to kind of look at it. It is hard, especially if they were a good person and you've left them. It, it's, it's never going to be easy because, you know, you're a person with a heart and you empathize for someone that you cared for at one point in your life or maybe still care for, but you just don't want to be with them. Um, but how to not feel guilty? You've got to turn it around and change the narrative a little bit and look at it as I was not the best person for them. And I've actually done them a favor because you weren't. If you're, if you are better off without them, you are not the best person for them because you're not loving them 
the way they could be loved. They could have a really passionate, exciting, fun relationship and they could never access that if you were in the way. So just turn turn it around and change the language and say, I got out of their way. They don't see it right now, but I did. Like imagine if my exes pitied me so much that then they ended up taking me back. What a disaster that would be. Like I'm so grateful that they didn't feel sorry enough for me to take me back because they did me a huge favor dumping me. And that's how you want to look at it. Just look at it as... I'm doing them a massive favor like Alexis's exes did for her. And now she's flourishing and my exes are going to flourish too. That's how you're going to look at it. Now, having – this is another topic – having your walls up. Someone So you don't want someone ruining your routine but you still want a relationship. So I totally get that. I fully, fully, fully get that in the sense that I too am – in a similar position, I don't necessarily have my walls up, but I am in a similar position thinking like I'm really stoked with how my life is that how would I then slot in a whole relationship because as you, me, as we all know, romantic relationships are the one that take the most time, energy and emotional energy from you and from your life. Um, so when it comes to that, I think, look, if you're seeking a relationship – this is where it pays to be picky, you know. You kind of have a standard and if someone's not meeting that standard, you just don't settle because it sounds like you're very happy with your life and your lifestyle. So you've got to think, if I'm going to be making a few sacrifices here and there in my social life and in my alone time and in my downtime where I just have some, you know, self-care, self-love time, if I'm going to be making some sacrifices in that time, that person better be worth my time. So I would recommend that, you can still be vulnerable in the sense of meeting people, but don't settle for something that you know is not going to satisfy you in the long term. If that's the case, and if you're open to casual sex relationships, just make it a bang buddy, honestly. Fucking, I don't know if that's the best <laughs> advice for you, but honestly, don't enter in a deep emotional connection with someone that's not serving you is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, as far as casual sex, that's everyone's got their own opinion on that. But yeah, good times. Take that advice and do what you want with it. Next question, getting over the fear of getting into a relationship when you like being single. You've got to realize that a relationship is not a life sentence. You can leave if it doesn't work for you and you should only enter it if you're excited and if it's serving you. So similar to the last question I just answered, don't attach so much to this relationship in the early stages. Just think, is it ticking all the boxes? Am I really happy? Is it not kind of you know, like, am I not making a sacrifice that I'm not, or I should say, am I making a sacrifice that I'm deep down not willing to make? If there are non-negotiables in your life and things that you're not willing to sacrifice, don't, don't sacrifice those certain things. But then enter a relationship knowing that you can tap out at any point. You're not, this isn't a fucking arranged marriage. You know, just be a little bit more lighthearted about the early stages of, of dating if, if you are afraid that you're going to like miss out on how good your single life is. It's okay to enter a relationship being like, whoa, not ready for this shit, tapping out, I'm not enjoying this. And just leave it for a little bit. That's okay. Next question. Things you should work on while you are single but wanting to be in your next relationship. So if you – okay, so if you want to be in a relationship, I would imagine that you right now are sitting there with a pretty good idea of – who would be the ideal person for you to date? Like, I'm sure that you're not just thinking, anyone come at me, fucking whoever it is, fucking it's a free-for-all. I'm sure that's not the case. I would imagine that you have 
a list, whether you've written it down or not, whether you've set it in your head or not, you know pretty much what it is that you want in a partner. But I'm now going to invite you to actually write that down. You want to start writing down these attributes in a person that you really would value in a partner. Like I said earlier, I ticked off my list of the things that I found that I would want in a partner. You do the same. And then once you have that list, I want you to look back at that list and think how many of those attributes do I possess? Because I don't think it's fair to request that of someone else if you aren't offering that or the equivalent of that to your prospective partner. Um, and so that's what you're going to be working on. Let's say you want someone who's super driven and successful, but you just sit on your ass all day long and want someone to support you. I don't think that's a fucking vibe, to be honest. I don't think that's cool. I think that's hypocritical. And I don't like people that seek a relationship to be supported. And you might be someone that is like, I want to be a homemaker and I want to be a stay-at-home mum and whatever. And that's totally fine. But where can you show that you're driven in other areas if you don't want it to be specifically in a career? Let's say you want to work, but ultimately you just want to stay at home and raise a family. That in itself is a full-time job, but you can show that you're driven in other areas, if that makes sense. You know, So if you seek drive in someone else, you need to demonstrate drive in yourself, whether it's career or not. If you seek someone that's, you know, has pride in their appearance – you should too. If you want someone that's intelligent, fucking, you know, work on your intelligence. Anything that you seek in another person is what you want to be emulating. You, you know, like attracts like. If you start emulating the behaviors of the person that you want to date, that's the kind of person that not only would want to date you back, but that's the kind of person that you're going to start to attract into your life. However, a lot of people think, Oh, why do all of this, you know, when I'm just waiting for my partner? I'm just so they're sitting there playing this waiting game, which is the worst place to be in. Waiting. You know, you can always be actioning things, you can always be doing things in in your life and never feel like you're in a time where you're waiting for something because that really pulls you out of the present moment and it pulls you out of making the most of what your life is today, this week, this month, this year. You know, so if you're just waiting and you're not growing, then you're pushing away the chances of someone wanting to be with someone like you. That's not a very desirable trait in a person. Um, and if you look at your behaviors, just think, am I looking for someone that's behaving exactly how I'm behaving right now? And if you're not, and if you're looking for someone that is putting more effort into life than you are, then you need to step up your game. Next question, putting yourself out there when you can't find the right guy. And then this person said, what is wrong with me? Look, I wouldn't say anything's wrong with you, but there is a chance that you're putting way too much this is the this is the problem with a lot of people. They put in too much energy into finding someone and they're not putting nowhere near enough energy into bettering their own lives. So all your energy goes into finding this person, finding this person, finding this person. No offense, but how fucking fun do you reckon y- you are to date? If all this energy in your life is going to finding someone else, where's the energy that's going into improving who you are as a person? Not much. So you're just stagnated. You've paused and you're putting in all this. I've got to find this person. I'm going to go on this date. I'm going to go on that. I'm not saying don't put yourself out there. But I'm saying like maybe, maybe, maybe not. But maybe you've paused your growth to find someone. Who wants to date someone like that? You know, like 
shift your your focus a little bit and of course you can still have focus in finding someone if that's a massive priority in your life but don't ever think that you should put your life on hold in order to do so your life isn't paused when you're single if anything this is a prime opportunity to get to get to know who you are if you're always leaping from relationship to relationship to relationship you don't you kind of lose sight of who you are and what you want I've got someone very close to me in my life and she's always jumped from relationship to relationship to there's like maximum maybe three or four months max of being single since she was like it's been like this for 10 or more years or, or more and she's an amazing person but because she's always seeking all these external things in her partner and putting so much effort into her partner she then l- has lost sight of the things that are super important to her as an individual. Everything for her is as a couple, as a couple. I'm factoring in this person in my life in every area of my life. Instead of being like, whoa, I'm now, you know, 13, 14 years of dating all these different people and I've not found, you know, one thing that's purely mine that I get to do for myself. That's not okay. So stop thinking that all your effort has to go into finding someone. If you feel that you're putting yourself out there and you can't find the right guy and something's wrong with you, if you're thinking that something's wrong with you, then maybe pause and think, I need to reset myself. I need to reset my life and start finding things that I'm passionate about that's outside of relationships. Because if you're of that mentality that something's wrong with you because you can't find someone, you are just not happy with yourself. Full stop. And... I would recommend that you put a pause on finding someone because the issue is going to be you're going to find that person and then you're going to seek happiness and validation in that person. You'll stop trying to seek it from yourself. You're going to not do any work on fixing yourself because you found that person, but then the relationship will dissolve. And you know what? You're then going to blame that person for being unhappy when you were actually unhappy with yourself in the first place. That's the reality of the situation. You need to find your happiness now and then have fun looking for a partner. That's what I would recommend. Okay, one more question and then I'm just going to cover a few general topics. Uh, I've been single for so long. How to not get attached to guys that pay you the slightest attention? I wouldn't say that this has got anything to do with the amount of time that you've been single. I know people that are single for a week and are like that and I know people that are single for years and are not remotely like that. So don't think that it's a sliding scale of shit. The more sing- the, the longer I've been single the more frantic I'm going to get when it comes to dating. That's not the case at all. It's all down to mindset. Um, so don't worry about the amount of time you've been single. That's completely irrelevant. But if you're someone that gets attached to a guy that pays you the slightest attention, full stop, that's, again, got to do with you not being comfortable being alone whatsoever because I would understand if you're getting attached to, like, let's say that you met the most perfect person in your life and you're like, this person is a game changer in the dating scene. I absolutely have to have them. And they pay you a tiny bit of attention. I would understand that you would be like, oh, my God, like this person I'm in love with has shown me attention. I'm attached. But if you're getting attached to to any guy that's paying you the slightest attention or to like a, maybe not any guy but to a large amount of guys that might not be your perfect person that pay you a slight amount of attention – then again, just like most of the questions that I've answered before, it comes down to you not putting enough time on yourself and figuring out what it is that you actually do want. Write your list of, if, if you're someone that's seeking a relationship and not just wanting to chill being single, you need to write your list of who your partner is 
and what are the main non-negotiable attributes that you need in them and then what would be some ideal traits that they would have but it's okay if they didn't have them. So you would want to have like your top things that's like no matter what, that is a non-negotiable and then you can have a list of traits. It would be like it would be really cool if they had all these other traits but if they didn't have them, I could still, you know, entertain the thought of dating them and see how it went. If you don't have that list and if you aren't aware, then you probably are going to get swept up by the anyone that gives you attention because you're swept up in that that um, flirtatious energy and that that um, chemistry. So with you can get to a point where you can really relish and enjoy chemistry with someone, but then kind of leave it there, leave it dead on the dance floor. You can be like, I we get we have huge. I, I've got people in my life that I've got amazing chemistry with, but I wouldn't date them for many reasons. Because those big non-negotiables are just not there, you know. So you can acknowledge chemistry and enjoy it in the moment. It's not saying become some hard bitch that doesn't fucking, you know, enjoy the moment with anyone. Not at all. Like have fun with this. Have fun with being single. Enjoy When there's chemistry, bounce off that person. Give them the time of day. But then be aware that they're not actually your – like if, if they're not ticking those boxes – you're the one that can step away. Don't feel like, oh, you know, like I'm getting attached, I'm getting attached, but they don't like me. You can be the one to make the call too. Start putting the power in your hands and you'll be aware of how things start to shift and you're no longer at the mercy of, you know, someone giving you attention and you really want them and now it's up to them if they take you or not. Start shifting that and you be the one to start being like, no, not interested in you. No, not interested in this. Yes, we did have chemistry, but no, I'm going to end it tonight you know, take the power back because there's nothing wrong with being picky. The alternative is what? Being with someone that you don't want to be with? It's fucking ridiculous. When people tell me that I'm picky, I'll be like, okay, what do you suggest I do then? What do you suggest I do? Cross the road and pick that fucking random person off the street. Be like, listen, mate, you just screamed out of your car, oi, give us your number, you're good enough, I will date you. Is that what people are suggesting when they say that I'm too picky? Because I don't know. In other words, stop interfering into my life. What's it to you if I'm too picky? It's, it's, it fascinates me how it's of people's concern if I'm picky or not with other men because how does it affect their life? And for them, if I say to them, how does it affect you? Oh, no, I just want you to be happy. Babe, I'm the happiest person I know. So I'm pretty fucking happy. I don't think it's about you wanting to be, me to be happy. I think it's about you wanting me to conform to what you think is normal and I'm not doing that and it's wigging you out. That's what's going on. Oh, sorry. One, I said that was the last one, but one more. Um, this is a good one because I get it too. And it's when people say, don't worry, your time will come. Just say, I'm not worried. Why? Are you worried? And then as far as your time will come, just be like, my time is now and I'm fucking living my best life. Thank you very much. End of story. Don't entertain this with a legitimate response. That's what you've got to realize. If you start answering these questions with a response that's going to satisfy them, it's likely not going to satisfy you. And fuck that. Just give a response that satisfies you because they're asking a question that's satisfying them. So fuck what they think about your response. You know what I mean? They're not asking that question to make you feel good. They're asking that question because they're prying and they want to know and it serves them. So fuck it. Just make it a joke and throw it back in their face. Don't concern yourself too heavily when people ask you questions about your personal life. I just make it a joke and if they get offended about it, then so be it. Too bad, so sad.
Now, I kind of want to wrap up this podcast with how you are going to look at your life in the future when you look back. I had someone ask me recently, um, because we were talking about children and whatever, and they asked me, yeah, but if you are 60 and you look back and don't have children, would you regret that? And I said, my response to that was, um, no, like it's not absolutely, it's not something that I would regret because I've done nothing to block that. I'm just living my life and like I've always said, if I found the right person for me, I would fully welcome that relationship and I would really give it my all. And then if we then from that relationship were able to have children and had children, I would fully welcome that as well and love to have a family. So no action in my life is saying, I don't want children, I'm blocking this, I'm blocking this, I'm blocking this. I'm just very neutral to what's going to happen. So why would I be 60 turning around and beating down on myself being like, I regret this, I regret that, when none of my actions caused this result. It's just it either happened or it didn't. So you've got to be in a state of, you know, you're either going to be hard on yourself because certain things haven't happened in the timeline that you wanted it to happen or you can turn it around and be like, right, it might not be happening at this timeline but what can I do to make me be grateful that it didn't happen in that timeline. Where can I make some changes in my life or what can I choose to experience or what kind of growth could I give myself that I can turn around in the future and say, I'm glad that happened later for me because look at that amazing thing that I got to live or experience or grow or have. You know what I mean? Like you've got to really make the most of this time because you're, you may enter a relationship tomorrow or in a week or in a year And that might be the relationship that lasts you for the rest of your life. And then you never have the chance of being single again. Being single, while relationships are beautiful, being single is a fucking privilege because this is your time to date yourself. This is your time to get to know yourself more than any other time in your life. It's a beautiful, amazing time of growth and appreciation for who you are and really knowing what you want and what you don't want and just adventure. So... Look at it as this is a window that could be shorter than what, than what I see it. And this relationship that I really want could be just around the corner. So instead of desperately trying to end this time that I'm single, why not fucking relish it and make the most of it while I can? This is the time. I may never be single again if the person I date next happens to be my person. So your language dictates how you feel. Change your language and you will change your experiences. Um, awesome guys, that wraps up episode 15. I can't believe we're at 15 episodes. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found something that resonated with you or something that you could see as your truth. Um, if you found anything helpful, please, um, of course, share it to whoever would find this helpful. And you guys have been absolutely amazing. Again, the podcast is just growing and growing and growing in, Um, followers and people that listen to it and downloads and again it's thanks to you guys I can't I can't emphasize how grateful I am for my group of people you guys who are just yeah you're my advocates and I really do appreciate that and I fucking love it and I love it when you guys send me messages I really do appreciate it it's very very cool and I fucking need to get this Facebook group started I'm sorry guys I'm I will do it this week I promise you I'm going to do it this week. Fuck, I've said it now and if I don't, then I'm a cooked lemon. Anyway, 
Um, that is all. That is all. Go fucking have a shot of tequila unless it's not an appropriate time, in which case postpone it till tonight. And I will speak to you next week. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Love you guys. Danke. Bye.